0: Amen, amen. Just came to talk with the Lord, amen. I like it when he talks back. How's the church doing today? Hey, we're inside not getting rained on, amen. I tell you what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for, ha- um, for uh, getting to stand up here and not pray that Pastor Marvin gets out of the hospital, Amen. <laughs> he's with us today, amen? Hey, I know prayer has accomplished much, right? So uh, I know he's, he's very thankful for you guys and praying for him, and he's doing well, and he'll be back up here in no time I know. I actually uh, thought I may have to sprint up here today because I thought he may try to beat me up here. Amen? So I've been doing a lot of people watching this week, a lot of people watching. And really, uh, after the last couple of, uh, I don't know, since all these restrictions have been lifted, man, it's getting back busy outside. You can't go anywhere without it being a lot of traffic. Um, Just go up up Airline Drive in Bozier or down Benton Road, um, go places in Shreveport. Everybody's just busy, busy, busy. I mean, stand out in front of the church here and just look at all the 18-wheelers going up and down the road. I mean, people are just busy, busy, busy. They're uh, doing their own agendas. They're doing errands. They're going places. They're going here, going there. And it's just really busy. Um, I know it slowed down during the pandemic, but it seems to be ramping back up. Busy, busy, busy. If this message had a title today, it would be Busy, Busy, Busy. Track with me a moment. Track with me for just a second. Because we're always doing busy stuff, doing our agendas. Just like maybe, for instance, we go to work tomorrow, right? We go to work. I'm on my way to work. And wow, we realize we've got to get gas, right? So got to get gas. I'm on my way to work. Got to be in a hurry. So we whip into the store with the gas pump. So I'm going to get my gas. And so I uh, take the nozzle out, put it in the car. I'm getting gas. There's another guy that just arrived. He's pumping his gas, and so there's two or three awkward moments, right? There's two or three silent uh, minutes that we're not really saying anything. We're standing really close to each other, but, you know, we're just not talking, right? Because it's kind of a little bit awkward, right? But, hey, man, I got to get my gas. I got to get to work, right? Busy, busy, busy. So I've finished pumping my gas, put the nozzle back in the thing, boom, I'm off to work. I get to work, right? We get to work, right? You get to work, sir, ma'am. Well, here we go. It's putting out one fire after another fire. Busy, busy, busy. Boom, we make it to lunch, right? Finally, make it to lunch. We get to go eat lunch. Got an hour of lunch break. So we go to our favorite restaurant, walk in, and uh, we get seated. The lady comes in to take our order, take my order, but something's wrong with the lady. She's very sad. She looks like she's about to cry. I don't know what's going on with the lady. I just got to get my food, right? I got to get my order done. got to get my food because I'm busy, busy, busy. Man, I got such a time slot. I got to get back to work. And so uh, I don't really pay that much attention to it. I just got to eat. So, I, uh, so while I'm eating, I got to get on social media. Check that out, right? Amen. Busy, busy. And so uh, then it's eating and back to work. And so I get back to work, and here we go again. It's one thing after another, putting out this fire, putting out that fire, hectic, hectic. And finally, 5 o'clock comes, right? 5 o'clock, ooh, get to go home, it's 5 o'clock. So jump in the vehicle and get a call from the spouse, right? Hey, you got to go by the store. We need bread, ketchup, and milk. Bread, ketchup, and milk. But you got to go by the store, but you got to hurry because supper's ready. Supper's ready. The kids are waiting. Supper's ready. And so I'm like, okay, okay. We're like, okay. So we go by the store, right? We walk in. We're tunnel vision, right? Because we got to get bread, ketchup, and milk. Food's ready on the table, waiting back home, busy, busy, busy. And so i hurry through the store. We find our bread. We find our ketchup. We find our milk. And yes, other people's milling about. What's going on, everybody? They're just milling around, getting, doing their shopping, getting their stuff. And so I go to the checkout lady, put my bread, ketchup, and milk in the checkout uh, on the little thing there. And something's wrong with the checkout lady. What's wrong with the checkout lady? She's mad. She's upset. She takes my bread, throws it in the bag. Takes my milk, throws it in the bag. Takes my ketchup, throws it in the bag. Something's wrong with the checkout lady, but I ain't got time to mess with her, right? Busy, busy, busy. I'm on the agenda. I got to get home. So I take my stuff, go get my vehicle. Finally, I'm on the way home, right? About two miles before I get to my house, there's a vehicle on the right-hand side of the road. Uh, There's an elderly lady, like she's 85 years old. She's standing behind a vehicle on the shoulder. She's got both hands on her hips, and she's looking at her back right flat tire and I'm like, man, I really need to stop, right? We really need to stop and help this elderly lady here with her tired, flat. I got the bread, the ketchup, and the milk, and, and the food's on the table. And somebody else has stop. Somebody else has stop. They'll see her, and they'll stop. Busy, busy, busy. And I know deep down inside of me as a Christian, sir, As a Christian, ma'am, I know deep down inside of me is the Great Commission. When you break that down, that's where Jesus is telling us, sir, ma'am, as you go about your day, tell somebody about me. That was his last commandment before he left this planet. His last commandment to us was, hey, sir, hey, ma'am, as you go about your day, tell somebody about me. That means that God has divine appointments set up for me, set up for you, sir, and set up for you, ma'am, every single day. Every single day, God has divine appointments set up for us But because we have gotten so busy, 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 we are missing our divine appointments. We are simply walking by them because we're not focused. And we don't have to be so busy in doing something to miss them. We can just not be focused on Christ to miss them. And so I know that deep down inside of us, that is going on. By the way, the guy at the gas pump, when we had the two or three awkward minutes of not speaking to each other, not saying anything with each other, that was right there. You see, I pulled out, or you pulled out, sir, ma'am, and left and went on to work. A minute later, he did the same thing, but he only looked one way. And when he pulled out, an 18-wheeler broadsided him. And he is, because he was lost, he is now spending an eternity in hell. No, I didn't send him there. No, ma'am, sir, you didn't send him there. His unforgiving sins sent him there. But you know what he needed? He just needed somebody. He needed somebody to take an extra minute or two with him to share the good news of Jesus with him. He just needed some, somebody to share the gospel with him. And I just wonder where he would be at today. Busy, busy, busy. Oh, and by the way, the lady, the lady at the restaurant that was sad, we didn't know why she was sad. You see, three days before that, she lost her mom to cancer. And she just needed somebody to come in there And pray with her. She just needed somebody to come in there and wrap their arms around them. She just needed to hear, you know what? God's going to take care of you. He's going to get you through this. He's going to give you peace about this. She just needed somebody to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But busy, busy, busy. Busy, busy, busy. And oh, yeah, the lady at the store that was mad. They was throwing my ketchup and my milk and my bread around. She was angry. Oh, yeah, that lady. You see, two people before I came through had made a snide comment to her because she's overweight. And they made a snide uh, comment to her, and it made her upset. It made her mad. And she just needed some Christian man or some Christian woman to come through there and tell her, you know what? God loves you just the way you are. But no, busy, busy, busy. And the little lady that's 85 years old standing behind her vehicle with both hands on her hip stood out there three hours in 85 degree weather just waiting, just waiting on some Christian man to come by and be the hands and feet of Jesus. She was just waiting on somebody some Christian woman to bring her some water. Busy, busy, busy. Busy, busy, busy. And we are missing our divine appointments. We're missing them each and every day because of our focus. This leads me to Psalms 101 6. Psalms 101 6. Just because it would be weird if we didn't have some point where we stood up and read a scripture, we're going to stand up. And I'd reverence to God, we're going to read this scripture. So please stand. For the reading of God's word. Psalms 101.6. God, through the psalmist, says, My eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He who walks in a blameless way is the one who will minister to me. He who walks in a blameless way is the one who will minister to me. Heavenly Father, I pray that I get out of your way this morning and I preach the message you have me to preach. Jesus, please preach it through me. And God, we're thankful that you're here with us God, we're submitting to you right now. Just do what you do in our lives, Father. Have your way in our lives, Father. We need you to do something here today, Father. Speak to us. Show us stuff. And we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And and listen, I know that I'm just kind of flying right into this this morning. And this is kind of a heavy message, right? I understand that. I get that. But this is a message that God gave me, and it's a message for the church. It's a message for us. And here in Psalms 101, 6, he who walks in a, in a blameless way is the one who will minister to me. Now, wait just a second. Wait just a second. God is saying, he who walks in a blameless way is the one who will minister to me. But what? he's God. He ministers to us, right? This is upside-down thinking. This is out-of-the-box thinking here. We can actually do something to minister to God. I think the King James Version says to bless Him or to serve Him. So we can actually do something that ministers to God Himself, that blesses God? Well, I'm glad you asked. Why, yes, we can. Here it is. It's in Matthew Chapter 25. Verses 31 through 46. Check this out, man. This is this is some heavy stuff. Matthew 25. Verses 31 through 46. This is where Jesus is sitting on the Mount of Olives and He's explaining some stuff. He's going through all the parables with his disciples. And he gets over here. And he says in verse 31. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all of the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them from one another, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Watch this. Watch this. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? 40. The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. You did it to me. When you do it to even the least of them, Jesus says, you're doing it to me. And then he goes on in 41. Then he will also say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a strange stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they they themselves also will answer, Lord, When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Check it out, 45. He says, because you didn't do it to one of these, you didn't do it to me. Busy, busy, busy. Busy, busy, busy. Because you didn't do it to one of these, you didn't do it to me. Hmm. You know, we spend a lot of time seeking after knowledge. We spend a whole lot of time seeking after knowledge. And we should. Proverbs 10.14 says "A, a wise man stores up knowledge. And so it's a good thing when we seek after knowledge. We should. We come to church on Sunday morning to gain knowledge. We listen to preaching on TV and radio to gain knowledge. We do countless Bible studies over and over and over to gain knowledge. One church I used to go to, Um, they would start a Bible study, they would go through the whole Bible study, right? As soon as they'd end it, they'd start another Bible study. We'd get through that one, they'd start another Bible study. I'm like, man, this is one Bible study connected to another. But I understand that. We're doing that to gain knowledge. And we need to be in church every time the doors open. Amen? But at some point, we have to take all of our knowledge, all of our knowledge, and we have to take it outside of these walls at some point, amen? At some point, we have to take the knowledge that we have and go out with it and not just keep amassing more and amassing more and amassing more. I mean, some people I know have all this knowledge And they they try to gain, they study and study and study. They do all of this just so they can win an argument on Facebook. Sometimes I know people that gain all of this knowledge. So they'll hear people say, oh, he's so smart. He's so smart. He knows all these scriptures. He can quote 500 Bible verses. He's very faithful to church. He never misses. He's always at Sunday school. He's at every Bible study and all of this stuff. And yes, I get that. I understand that. But if we're doing those things just for accolades and personal praises, then we have surely missed the mark. Amen, preacher. You see, I'm not preaching against knowledge. I am not. I'm preaching against knowledge without love. I'm preaching against knowledge without works. I'm really preaching, I'm really preaching 1 Corinthians 13.2. This is what it says. If I have the gift of all prophecy, and I know all mysteries, and all knowledge... And if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but do not have love, Paul says, I am nothing. He says, if I know it all, if I have all the knowledge, if I have all the wisdom, but, I, but my life doesn't show works, but my life doesn't show love to others, he says, I'm nothing. That's what he says. That's not my word. That's God's word. And so I understand us seeking after knowledge. That's what wise men do. But at some point, we have to get outside of these four walls. Amen. Amen. I mean, when you get right down to it, these four walls, you see, these four walls, it in the church. This building, it isn't the church. You know who the church is? That's you, ma'am. That's you, born-again person. That's you, saved person. That's you. You're the church. I'm the church. So at some point, we've got to take our knowledge, and we've got to get out of the church. Because we're the, we've got to get out of the building, because we're the church. And listen... I'm not saying don't come to church on Sunday. Don't you dare take this from that. All I'm saying is, as we go about our day, tell somebody about me, Jesus says. Tell somebody about me. We have all these divine appointments. What's it going to take for us to start being the church? What's it going to take for us to produce good works? Our salvation should be producing good works. That's what James says in chapter 2, verse... I think it's... 17, he says, basically, faith without works is dead. So what's it going to take? Why have we stopped sharing with strangers? There's people all around us every day. There's people that we walk by every day. Busy, busy, busy. But hold up, preacher. I got stuff to do. Hold up, preacher guy. There's things I have to do. Yes, I understand. But God knows that too. God's the one to set up the agenda for you. God's the one to set up the divine appointments. He can work all that out, amen? That's what he does. He's God, and we are not, amen? And I know we, we've gotten so busy. Woo, I feel like I'm going to have to shout up in here today. Come on, Lord Jesus, increase my voice. So I know we've gotten so busy that we, you know, I know some things that I I do sometimes and and probably some of us do it too, but we'll have our divine appointment, right? We'll see somebody that needs something and we'll say, hey, uh, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. And, And that's fine and dandy. We should pray with everybody, right? We need to pray with everybody. We, we, we have to pray. That's what God tells us to do. But it almost seems like sometimes, it almost seem, seems like sometimes we're, we're saying to that person, hey, I'm really busy, and I'm going to throw you 15 seconds of my life right here and pray for you, but then I'm going to get on about my own agenda. I know I've caught myself doing that before. Man, I need to pray for this guy, but I'm really busy. Let me just throw in 15 seconds, I'll pray, and then I'll get out of here. How's that helping that guy? How's that really helping him? I mean, yes, we need to pray for him, but, but how's not meeting his needs helping him? I mean, how are we going to say to the homeless dude today in three days, here, let me pray for you. You know what I'm saying? How are we going to say to the person that can't pay their electric bill, hey, let me pray for you? Now, I'm not saying I'll pray for him, but check this out. It's what James says in chapter 2, verse 14. Take a look at this. What use is it, my brethren? If someone says he has faith, but he has no works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? (laughs) That's what James says. He says, man, when you go up and just pray for that dude for 15 seconds, you're not trying to help him out. He says, what use is that? And no, I'm not saying don't pray for him. That's not what I'm saying. Pray for him, but if the guy's hungry, go buy him a hamburger. If the lady's thirsty, get her some water. If they need clothes, give them some clothes. Faith without works is dead. We're missing our agendas. I mean, we're missing our our divine appointments that God has set up. We're missing them. And you know what? I, used, I I've heard people say, "Don't give somebody money." Because they'll just go buy drugs and alcohol with it. You know, and I understand that. I get that. And sometimes that does happen. But if God is leading you to give somebody money, give them money. Sometimes people just need money. Sometimes people do need their electric turned back on. Sometimes people do need to be able to pay their gas bill. Sometimes you just need to cheerfully give them some money. If God says do that. Amen. And by the way, this one thing I do know. You cannot outgive God. You can't do it. You cannot do it. And that's what he goes on and talks about in that passage. In Malachi 3, verses 8 through 10, he talks about tithing and what tithing does to your bank account. You see, I used to not tithe. I used to be one of those dudes that just threw a $20 bill in the plate and called it good. But when I started tithing, It completely changed my financial life. And no, I didn't talk to the pastor about talking about this. He doesn't even know what I'm going to say. But I'm telling you this because I love you and I care for you. And I don't know nothing about your finances. But if you will start tithing like he says to do it, I promise you, you can't outgive God. I promise you, he he will... the passage says that he'll give you wells you didn't dig, he'll give you houses you didn't build, and he'll open up a window in heaven and pour out a blessing on you so big you can't even receive it all. I'll testify to that. I'll testify to that. Because when I started tithing, he just, I have more money now than I've ever had in my whole life. More money. Now, my money up against the world, it, it, it looks like I'm poor. Amen. But there's nothing that I need that I can't go and buy there's nothing, nothing. Do you know what that means? I'm the richest, I'm the richest dude on earth. I'm the, I got everything I need. That's, that's rich, that's rich. And, and when you start doing, doing your finances the way that he says do them, I'm telling you, it unlocks that. He blesses that. He'll bless you financially. He's God, don't question him in that. He's God all by himself. And he don't need the money. He's got all the money. The tithing is for you. It is for you. And, and, and the Bible says to bring, to bring your tithes into the storehouse. I've had people that say, hey, I'm not in church right now. I want to tithe to your ministry. Because they know what my ministry is about. They know what, what I'm about. They know what I, I do. And so, hey, I'm going to tithe to your ministry. No, 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 no. Don't you tithe to my ministry. No. The Bible says to bring your tithes into the storehouse. Your tithes go to the church. That's where they go. They don't go to my ministry. Now, if you want to give something above your tithes to the ministry or to a charity, do that and be cheerful about it, but don't tithe to me because God says your tithes go to the storehouse. You let the pastor and the deacons and whoever takes care of that take care of that. Amen? And so I don't even know why I said that. I just feel like God needed me to... um, say that but listen the whole point of this morning the whole point was to be to be on the lookout for your divine appointments he's got them today set up for you and he's got them tomorrow and he'll have them the next day and i know sometimes i'm a little zealous in that in the way that i may have come across i hope i didn't hurt anybody's feelings but i don't care if i hurt anybody's feelings but i <laughs> you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying church But Because I I am guilty of this a lot of days. I'm just blowing through my day, not listening to what God wants me to do. And I'm missing my divine appointments. And by the way, that lady at the restaurant who is very sad when I went in to order, that really did happen. She did look like she was about to cry and she told me... um, well, I asked her, I said, hey, can I pray for you about anything? You look really sad. And she told me that her mom died three days ago. And so I talked to her about God and about his peace and about his promises. And she just started bawling. But She needed somebody right there to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we have people out there that are hurting. We have people out there that are in needs each and every day. And God has blessed us so much. And he just sets it up. He puts it up on a tee for us. And, and, and see, there's nobody that we go and talk to that he hasn't already been there. So he has already prepared them for your visit. He's already prepared for you to share the gospel with them. And so he's already set it all up. Now we just have to go. We just have to be about our Father's business. We're missing our divine appointments. And don't forget, we've got to stand before him one day and give an account of our life. That's going to happen whether I want it to or not. That's going to happen whether I do a bunch of kingdom work or I do none. That's still going to happen, sir, ma'am. And the last thing I want to do is stand before Jesus and ain't done nothing for him. The last thing I want to do is stand before him And hear him ask me, hey, what did you do with the time I gave you? And me shrug my shoulders. I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. And by the way, the reason I do things for the kingdom is not for praise and glory down here. I do them because I love him. That's why we do stuff. That's why we do stuff. And don't tell me you can't do something. When you have the power inside of you that raised Christ from the dead, yes, you can. Yes, you can. I was talking to some people last week, and they were all. I was talking to them about Jesus and about soul winning, about witnessing, about telling other people about Jesus. You know what they told me last week? They said, "But sir, well, I, I can't do that. Uh, I, I, I can't. I, I, I'm. I can't do. I can't. I can't because of this reason. I can't." All I know is what Philippians 4.13 says when Paul said, I can. He said, I can do all things through Christ. He never once said that I can't. And we have the same power inside of us that raised Christ from the dead. Let me just simply tell every Christian up in this place today, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. My God is not a liar. He ain't a liar. If he can use me, he can use anybody. The message of the revival. Did you? Well, you hear that night when David Wilkerson uh, was speaking that anguish clip that I played. Go Google that, David Wilkerson, anguish. Google that and watch it again. Watch it again. Because we need to take our knowledge, and we need to get outside of this building and when you start telling people about Christ. And listen, I know the pastor has got something planned for that, for, to, to help you with that, to help you along with that, uh, if you have questions with that. And so today, I'm going to close this up. I'm, I'm going to leave you with one thing th- that I do personally about witnessing. And, and listen, th- this whole message ain't been about witnessing. This whole message has been about watching uh, for the, your divine appointment set up. This whole message is about not being so busy in life that we miss what God has, has for us. Amen? But here's the two questions that I always use when I'm witnessing to people. So you can write this down or whatever. This may help. But I always ask people, hey, if you died today, would you go to heaven? And you're going to get an answer, yes, no, maybe, or whatever. And there's a second part of that question that you have to ask. And it's simply why. Why? So if you die today, would you go to heaven? Yes. Why? Well, because I'm a good person. uh, Because I go to church. Or maybe you'll get, because I've saved, Jesus saved me. You see, you always have to ask the second question, why? Because that'll tell you what you need to do next. That'll tell you if you need to share the gospel or if you need to rejoice with them. Amen? And so, I know that you already have that knowledge. You already have the power. God's already gone to the people before you and visited with them and prepared them. The gospel in and of itself is powerful. Now, we just need to get rid of the I can't. We just need to get rid of the I can't and write Philippians 4.13 on our palm that says, I can. So we're going to have an invitation? I know this has kind of been a different kind of message, but it's more of a charge to the church. It's more of a charge to me as a Christian guy before I'm a preacher. It's more of a charge to me to get it right on Monday. It's more of a charge to me to get it right on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and every day of the week. You see, I don't want to just stand up here and talk it. I have to also walk it. That's what God has told us to do. To not just be hearers of the Word, but be doers of the Word. Amen? And the last thing He said was, go and tell somebody about me. And quite frankly, we need to do that. We need to do that. And so I hope that this morning has encouraged you at least a little bit I know everybody's probably mad at me but I'm just hoping that you have at least been encouraged and and we have got our focus back on God back on those divine appointments that he's got us set up for and that we have that mentality hold up yes I can do this because I have Jesus inside of me and people need to hear about him I'm just going to tell you There's nothing better, sir, ma'am, listen to me. There is nothing better than being used by God. It don't get no better. There's nothing on this planet that can outdo that. And when you let God use you, I'm telling you, man, it's going to become addictive. And you're going to want him to use you more. And you know what? His desire is to use you, Because he did not drown you when you got baptized. He has something for you to do. There's a reason. A reason that you are here on this planet. There's a reason. There's a reason. So please stand for the invitation. We're going to take a minute as he plays. I want you to just bow your head. I want you to think about this message. Busy, busy, busy. I want you to think about this message. Busy, busy, busy. Have we been busy? Have we been missing our agendas? Have we been missing those divine appointments? Have I been focused on Him to look for Him? Even in my busy moments. Quite frankly, maybe we need to come to the altar today just to get our mind focused just to get our mind back right maybe you're already there maybe you're all telling people about Jesus every day maybe you're meeting every divine appointment I don't know but I can tell you I'm not and I can tell you I'm going to be the first one up here